We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Jeremy White and Sneaky Joe DiBiase. You've got to get a nickname, and if your name is a nickname, then they got to extend it. What are the Sabres' nicknames? Saves. Nobody on oh, I, I earth can't, I can't, says saves. I can't deal with another person trying to tell me that people don't say saves. Nobody says, who says saves? People, you say saves? Yes, people say saves. I've never heard you say saves. The saves? Yes. Jeremy White. People who, are saying saves. How many, like five people? Five million people I say saves. I hear more people call them the swords than call them the that saves. That is the biggest lie that's ever been told <laughs> on these airwaves. Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Matt in Buffalo. What's up, Matt? Tell them what's up, Matt. Me and my friends all the time will say, what are you doing for the saves game? Nobody calls it the swords whatsoever. Absolutely. <laughs> no one calls it the saves. Matt, I'm not saying you're the best caller in show history, but you're top five. On WGR. The saves game. Saves. You need to be hanging out with more people. Sports Radio 550. Hey, good morning. Happy Thursday. Panthers are in town tonight for the Sabes. The Cats. The Cats. The Cats and the Sabes tonight? Who calls them the Cats? More people call them the Cats than people call the and Sabes the Sabes. And that is shameful if that is true. It's, uh, it's definitely, definitely true. The Cats. Don't they even have a uniform or I an alternate? Like they're from... the Rats more. No, no. They're, no, they're the Cats. They throw rats. Yeah. They, do they have, don't they have an alternate uniform that says Cats? Or am I thinking of the lightning with the bolts they uniform? Have, that, that exists. The bolts exist. Okay, then maybe there's no cats uh, uniform. The Panthers cat. I don't know, but it, the imagine cats. if you live in South Florida and you say, like, oh, I'm going to the Cats game tonight. They'd be like, what? Well, I mean. Is, is Cats performing on Broadway? Well, then what, you, was, what's Broadway in Fort Lauderdale or but Sunrise? Florida, you would then clarify, like, I mean the Florida Panthers. And they'd be like, what's that? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> maybe. Am I allowed to make that joke anymore? They're good. They probably fill up their building every night. They probably do. They won yeah. last night. In Pittsburgh, and uh, it's the only hesitation I have about, but, but I got to do it. I told you yesterday, we need the Sabres to go on the hottest run of all time and make the playoffs, and the way to do that is for me to bet them. So here we go. I'm going to do it right now, Joe. I'm going to lock, lock in this win. I'm going to bet the Sabres to lose, okay. and they'll win. They've been all doing right. that all year for me. I, I bet them like four times. Are you going to parlay it with a uh, Sam Reinhart 40th goal of the season? Ooh. Imagine if it gets a not just just not everybody probably follows the league as much as you know the, the diehards. If he scores tonight and just the casual fans sitting there probably got their feet up because there's nobody in front of them and they hear goal by Sam Reinhart his 40th of the season and it just kind of hits everybody like what did he just say? He's got how many goals? Because he's on 39 right now, and it's about to get to 40. Yeah. His uh, wins above replacement projected about a month ago was 95%. Like one of the best players in the league. Yeah. And he's having a Selkie caliber season. Yeah, I saw that. Like defensive rating or yeah. something. He's like number one in the league. Yep. And he's number two in the league in goals. Yes. I mean, shouldn't he be like a Hart Trophy nominee at that point? If he's the best defensive player forward in the league and he's second in the league in goals, shouldn't he be like in the the heart conversation? I don't know. I've not paid any attention to that. 
whatsoever. All I know is that he's having the best year of his career, and it happens to be a contract year for him, by the way. It's it's not like a, you know, it's not like a, oh man, the Sabres had a 50-goal score under their nose the entire time, and they just couldn't pull it out of him. Here we go again with one of these stories, but it's he's shooting 27%. <laughs> That's like, pretty good. He's this is not going to be the norm for Sam Reinhardt, but hey, I guess it was in there. Like that one fifty goal year. There are guys like that, right? Jonathan Chichu had like a fifteen year career. I think scored fifty goals one time. And Reinhardt's probably better than that, but this will be his best season. I'm imagining. Tim writes in. I can't wait to see the Burrs go play the Pants, which is funny. <laughs> the Burrs. The Burrs versus the Pants. Have we already talked yeah. about so- we have talked about sob rays before? People say sob rays. When did people say? Wait, wait, wait. wait. There's the sabes. There's the sob rays. Yeah, there's people say sob rays. Don't I don't I don't hear that. You these, think that's where, even, where are you going that you hear these things? Listen, when you've been to a lot of games in this drought, you have to entertain yourself somehow, right? So and you start calling them some like just yeah, a different different names, pronouncing the name differently, different names, but not the swords. Not never the swords. Nope, never the swords. Maybe they'd have better luck if we started calling them the swords. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, good morning. 803-0550. There's a golf event this week. There's a picture going around of Josh Allen with Tiger Woods, which, man, Josh is living his, outside of not you know winning Super Bowls, best life. Plays with Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, he was playing with Tom Brady. Right. And today's Tiger Woods. Who's next? Messi? Would even care about Messi? Would Messi play golf? Who's next? Would Messi know who Josh Allen is? I don't know. I'm sure he knows who Messi is. Yeah. Wh- who's next on the list that he I Brady mean, he's played with? Tiger. Right. If you're if you're looking at Josh Allen's bucket list, he's you know checking like, off names. Who's next? Is he going to play golf with like Obama? I don't know. Who's uh, Kevin Hart? <laughs> Kevin Hart. Like we Steph we're, Curry. I think he's played. Steph Curry was there yesterday, so I'm imagining he's been around Steph Curry. I don't know if he's played with him. Yeah, like, uh, massive mega celebrity. Like, above sports level celebrity. Because he's, can he go higher? He's played with Tiger. He's played with Brady. Okay, there's one. Has he played golf with Michael Jordan? Ooh. Because that's the one. We know Michael Jordan plays golf. True. And that, if you were thinking of star power athlete, Brady, Tiger, if you're knocking off the big, the, the Mount Rushmore of athletes to golf with, I think Jordan's got to be next. Jordan, and then who else is really big in the golf world? Well, the Jordan thing might be interesting because with, with Brady and Tiger, you know, Josh gets invited to these events to play golf, and hey, while you're here, why don't you play with this person? And I don't know, does Jordan go to a lot of those? Or if you want to play Michael Jordan in golf, do you have to call him? I think you call him. Yeah. Or Jordan call. No, Jordan calls you. You, you don't. Can, you, you don't call Michael Jordan. You can't for just a call Mike. I bet if you called no, no, Michael no, no. Jordan get, and offered to play for ten grand a hole, he'd he'd take you up on that. Maybe. Maybe. maybe the stories that. are he loves to play, loves to gamble. Of course. Yeah. Have your agent call Jordan's agent. Like Josh would love to meet you, and also he agrees to play. You know. Yeah. Ten thousand dollars a hole. I tend I tend to think it works the other way. You you get the call. Like it's it's like lure that like you're he's at this tournament this week and Tiger asks him, So have you got the call? He's like, No, not yet. And everybody knows what that means. It's MJ. G- MJ. MJ calls you because, hey, what are you doing on Saturday? We're going to Augusta. I was just gonna say the answer is Augusta, but he has played Augusta. Uh Josh. Uh, Josh? Yeah. Did he play it or did he just go? I think he played it. I didn't know that they did that, like where you, celebrities you, could play it the well, week you of. Just, or, you could just be... Or he said that he's played it like a different time. 
maybe the week after or something. I don't know. Yeah, he played. He played Augusta. Yep. So what does he got? I, I, I St. Andrews this, or something. I searched this and apparently he, among other things, hit a 360 yard drive. That's nice. Um, was asked what's more nerve was most memorable shot at Augusta National. So I believe he did in fact play Augusta. Hmm. What's left? St. Andrews. Get out there. But you can do that. The home of golf. He did you, say you, you got to win a lot. Well, he probably doesn't have to win a lottery. The 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 average person has to like win a lottery to get a tee time there. Didn't he say last year that his one of his dreams is to play like the, the one hundred best courses in the world? Yes. So yes. in the off season, he plays an awful lot of golf, Which, travels and plays with stars and everything. Yeah. Which There's, is fine, right? Why? Well, uh, I found this article golf dot com. Obviously, he was asked like to name his partner opposing twosome for a dream edition of the match. And at the time, this would have been from Josh Allen from, when is this, September 2022. So he's checked off a lot of these boxes. He, he says, I'd, obviously, I'd want to be with Tiger, big Tiger Woods fan. Who do I want to compete against? Steph Curry and Michael Jordan. So there you go. Yeah. It's January 2024. He's already knocking all these off. Wow. And he did play Augusta and shot a 90 playing from the tips. That's what he said. At Augusta? Yeah. What, what handicap is he? Uh, I, w- I, w- no, I don't even need that. I, w- I wouldn't believe it. What is he, Aaron Rodgers? He's not lying about that. I believe that he shot a 90. I think, he, if I, he hits the ball 360 yards, yeah. I mean, he's getting the benefit of that. I think he said, I think he last said he was a nine handicap. Okay. He really, I mean, like, the sp- <laughs> Buffalo sports in the spring has become, where is Josh golfing this weekend? Right. I mean, he's at what is that? The Genesis this weekend that he yep. that he's at. I saw that picture yesterday, and I saw after the fact that it, it was a that I guess it was a pro am, you know, the day before the tournament. But I saw that picture and thought, Josh just showing up at these places, and he's, they're just letting him golf, right? Like he's just he's gonna show up at the Genesis. He's gonna show up in a couple weeks at the Players on Tuesday and be like, Hey, you guys mind if I play with uh with uh with who? Jason Day. I'm just going to play with Jason Day today. Yeah. You guys mind? Like He could probably just show up at these these courses and just get on. Maybe they made it a pro-am because, hey, guys, Josh Allen is here. What do we do? Put him with Tiger. Call it a pro-am. There doesn't need to be anybody else here. Yeah. Well, we'll keep watching, and uh, we'll talk with Brian Koziel coming up bottom of the hour to talk about this Genesis Invitational, which is uh, – the I, I didn't know it was a pro-am. I have to confess I, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't remember that part of it. So here it is. Maybe it's less of a pro-am than Pebble Beach, but whatever. Tiger is going to play. It's a big event. It's an elevated event, and Tiger's in it. Tiger thinks he can play once a month, so that's kind of cool. You know, keeping an eye on that. And uh, we'll talk to Brian Cozio coming up at the bottom of the hour. Also coming up today, Matt Perino is going to join us. 7 o'clock this morning, Matt Perino, co-host of the Shout Podcast with uh, Ryan Talbot. He... Of course, uh, also of Syracuse.com. He did a roundtable. He's on with uh, Joe Biscaglia and Sal and John Scott. And they posted a clip. And the clip was of a prediction Matt was making about the Bills that he hates. (laughs) And that's Mm. that they take a defensive end in the first round and wait on receiver. So I sent him a message. I'm like, let's talk about this. Because I also Mm. think that's very, very possible I wouldn't dispute it, and I wouldn't even really necessarily dispute the merits of why they would do it. I would understand, you know, why people might be mad. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Like, we got months to get there. But that led me to Joe posting this as a Twitter poll. Two options. There are two options in this Twitter poll. You cannot write in and say, I'd like a third option. 
I'm a waiter standing in front of you saying, would you like the steak or the fish? And there's nothing else in the kitchen, folks. Mm. Pick one of these two. So the options are, which do you prefer of the Bills as a strategy? Use the second round pick to trade up in the first. Mm. From 28 to about mm, 17, that's about the value you get 17. Okay. So use a second to trade up in the first and draft a receiver. Or wait, target defense in the first round at 28 and get a receiver in the second round. So the net result is, what do you want? You want a better receiver that's up 12 spots or secure one that you really have to have. Or the best defensive player that falls to you and a second-round wide receiver that falls to you, whoever that might be. One of these plans would be viewed as aggressive. Mm. The other, of course, would come out with a second-round pick that the first plan does not because you traded away. So what do you prefer? Trade up with a second, higher into the first, or hold steady and go defense first and then receiver? You can vote A or B at our Twitter poll. It's at my Twitter page, at JeremyWGR. I'm going to have a tough time being knocked off of A for this. The idea of waiting. like I, I'm trying to figure out like what's the alternative on the defensive line if they were to do that trade. Because you have two third-round picks, I guess, and then you get your third D or day three picks. And you could try to address it there. It's going to be tough because you've got, you got, you got snaps to fill in on the defensive line. But the idea of waiting until the end of round two... two. To get my receiver is just a very precarious situation. I think you are really playing with fire there. You might get a guy, but I mean, you could get a guy. I'm sure you definitely even if it's a guy with a third round grade, like whatever, they'll get a guy. But I, I'm just thinking, will they get to us? I'm afraid they would get to a spot in round two where, well, there's nobody we like. There's no receiver we have with but, the grade we want because all there's been 13 receivers that are now off the board. Don't worry about it. The poll is just they're going to get they're a receiver. Go, they're going to take the they're receiver take no matter the what. Receiver. We don't see their board. They take the receiver and they rave about how much they love them. I think I still want to trade up into round one. I need I need to I need my probability to be as high as possible that that guy is going to be legit. And I think. If I if I draft that guy at the end of the second round, I mean maybe I can sell myself and they can sell everybody on in their own team on this guy's going to be the number two receiver, the Gabe Davis fill in. He's going to play right away. But you trade up into round one. I'm not. I'm thinking maybe more about this guy being the Diggs replacement that you need for the future more than just the guy that's going to fill in right away. I mean, what am I? I'm trying to be the Bengals, right? With with Chase and Higgins and Boyd. I'm trying to be the Dolphins with their combo. The Eagles. These teams take big swings. The Eagles traded up for Devontae Smith. The Dolphins went all out to get Tyreek Hill. Like sometimes you got to make the big investment. I think to have a great receiver duo like that. So I, I'd be okay if they spent their second round pick and paid that premium to ensure they're going to get the best guy that they think they can get their hands on. I would respect the hell out of it. Well, the first part of this is the value chart. So the reason I I mention as the option you're mo- you're moving from twenty eight to seventeen is because that's what a second round pick will get you is to about seventeen on the value chart. You'd need nine hundred and sixty points. Seventeen is nine fifty. Sometimes it moves a little bit. Maybe a team doesn't like where they are, and you can get a bargain and get higher than that with 960 points. Maybe two teams use a different value chart, blah, blah, blah. 
I, it, it is a tough one. The reason I posed it with two options is to make it a little tougher. Don't write in with C. I prefer this. <laughs> we all know. C, play, take the best player on the board. Right. C, take on. a receiver here and then a receiver. No, no, no. These are your options. Which of these two strikes you as a better idea? Doesn't mean it has to be your best idea. Doesn't mean it has to be your plan on draft night. It's, you know, it's February 15th. But which, which do you want to do? As much as you just laid that all out, given the Bills' situation, I'm going to be in a real tough spot about trading up at all. I don't think they should trade up at all, anywhere, anytime, anyhow. They've done it a lot. Bean always moves up a spot or two, right? He moved up two spots for Kincaid and paid a fourth-round pick yeah. for Kincaid. And you might accurately point out, well, if you didn't, the Cowboys would get Dalton Kincaid. Like, okay, would the Bills have moved next to Sam Laporta? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not saying you'd yeah. rather have Laporta. You're happy with Kincaid. Fine. But he's moved up for four of his six first-round picks. Yeah, he, he moves up yeah. all the time. Yeah, He loves to move up two spots, one spot, three spots. Of course, they moved up for Allen. I don't want to give up a future first. These trade value charts don't often show you what a future first is worth. This one I have does not show that. What is it, Joe? Is it is it 500 points? It's got to be higher than a – it's got to be 1,000 in that neighborhood. Yeah. If it's if it's 1,000 points, then a future first can get you to number six. Someday we'll put a poll up here and say, what do you like better, <laughs> waiting at 28 or trading next year's first and getting Malik Neighbors? Mm-hmm. Sixth. That sounds like a fun it's, idea. It, I mean, hey. That's a it's, fun idea. I don't know if it's a it's, smart one, but I like it. It's tough not to get wrapped up in, ooh, look at us being aggressive. What would it say if they drafted a receiver in that spot? And it's just, you know, it's kind of, it, it's a couple months away still. we got lots of time to dig into this, mm-hmm. but... Boy, trading up. What is, if we're looking at the answers to their cap problem, in finger quotes, the fastest way to get out of their cap trouble is, of course, to stop signing big money contracts, don't have a bunch of dead cap, and just get a bunch of rookie deals. Rookie deals will fix your cap. That's how you do it. Yeah. It's the number one way to do it. It's like a zero on a test bringing your average down unbelievably. That's what these rookie deals are. Rookie deals are zeros. They're already locked in. You know the price, and your cap is going to be compliant quickly if you get a lot of rookie deals. So to me, I need as many of those as possible. Now, technically, if I trade away a second-round pick, I'll now have a deal that's a UDFA instead of that second. Mm. But I'm going to have a tough time justifying moving up. There'll, There'll be a lot of comparisons in the next two months, I'm sure, to the Sammy Watkins trade where mm-hmm. you had Evans and Beckham and all these receivers that went and you moved up for Watkins and traded an extra first, and you might have had, what, the worst receiver in that draft? I mean, whatever. His well, car- of the first round, I mean, you had Brandon Cooks later, right. too. His, right? like, his career didn't pan out. He had a lot right. of talent. His career didn't pan out. But it's be- And also all the guys that went like immediately after him had like really st- are still going, right? Evans, Beckham, and Cooks were, like I think, the next three, and they're all still going to different degrees of success. Yep. But like Watkins was fine, but... You wanted, what did you want? You wanted him to be elite, all pro. You wanted him to be a number one wide receiver for 10 years if you're making an investment like that. Yep. Which, if I trade up, I mean, it's not that in that I'm trading a first, oh, future first for this hypothetical. But if I'm trading my second round pick and I'm going into the mid first round to get this guy, I need that guy to be my Diggs replacement. I need him to develop into that level of player. I don't know if I need him to be as good as Diggs. But I need this guy to be he's starting day one, no matter what. He's that good, and he's my best idea. He's the heavy favorite 
to be, okay, he's also going to be the number one when Diggs is 35 years old. Sure, he can be, can I say Lee Evans? Sure. I mean, Lee when, Evans was when, a, Molds was still here when Evans got here. Yeah, right. Evans was a number one-ish. I mean, he was not elite, but he was a good receiver that you could trust out there. I'm trying to think of other receivers in Bill's history you would have trusted in this spot. But, you know, Evans is good. Evans, there are a lot, there's some fans probably that thought he would have been a lot better with a real that's, quarterback. That's too. probably right. Yeah. Stevie Johnson is another one I think about here. Like, we could argue about whether or not Stevie Johnson was a true number one receiver, but he was very good. He had three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons in this offense with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, by the way, one little postscript to the Sammy Watkins trade that I think people forget mm-hmm. too often is they traded up to, to get Sammy and then mm-hmm. immediately got rid of Stevie. Right. We never Wait, got they a, cut him or was Stevie they, already gone? They, they traded him. They, tra- they traded him away. Okay. They got yeah. rid of Stevie the next day huh. or whatever, that weekend. He was, he was sent to the Chargers or the Niners, wherever he was sent. Stevie Johnson was cut loose, sent off by Doug Marone. Hmm. And, like, wouldn't you have wondered, hey, th- this is the reason I remember this and I think about this is because I saw one Bills Live posted a question earlier in the week. What's your dream scenario for the Bills? And a guy wrote in and said, trade Diggs and draft a number one receiver in the first round. Mm-hmm. And I remember it immediately reminded me of the, the Sammy Watkins thing, which is, oh, great, you've drafted another receiver to go with Stevie. This looks awesome. Oh, we're trading Stevie. Don't, yeah. don't pick one up and then send one out. Don't draft Brian Thomas Jr. and then get rid of Diggs. That's the, that's the wrong move. Right. Have them both. That's the idea. You're giving, give me some overlap between the Absolute, two. Absolutely. Give me uh, overlap where the two of them are good, yeah. and I'm always at least going to have two. Another good comparison if we go a little bit further back, if we want to stick with the Bills here. After Andre Reed's age 31 season, they drafted Eric Moulds in the first round, and the two played together for like four seasons. Reed wasn't putting up 1,000 yards and 100 catches, uh, 90 catches like he was in his late 20s. But you had four years there of Moulds and Reed on the same team. They drafted Moulds. About when Reed was the same age that Stephon Diggs is right now. And Diggs has four years left in his contract. That's what you want, right? Yep. yep. You want, Mold, was Molds as good as Andre Reed? Probably not. Reed's a Hall of Famer. Molds isn't. I mean, you might have, I mean, a lot, you might have Bills fans saying that Molds was better maybe, as maybe a player. Athletically and like talent, he was all there. All but right, who, who's ready to add, I mean, be fun. Who wouldn't take that, right? Like, sure, sure. Having those two. Yeah. Who would not take that? That's what you. That's what you want. So... That's that. That's what's selling me, though, on the idea of trading up. Moltz, to be fair, though, was the 24th overall pick. They didn't have to go that high in that first round way back when to get him. So I, if, I'm, if I'm moving up, though, I feel like they've got real strong conviction. We're not playing around. We're, we're not waiting around again to see if we get a guy that we like. We, we know this position is a huge need. And it would also tell me they think they can patchwork it on the defensive line. Because... That might not be the greatest idea. You might not think they'll be that stout at that unit, but we'll see what they do in a month. If they bring Daquan Jones back on a smaller deal because he's 33 and probably not going to get a massive contract somewhere else, and they can get Leonard Floyd back on a one-year contract, and you know you draft, you have two third-round picks. We're gonna we're gonna add a rookie or two in the mid-first round. We're gonna bring back these couple of veterans. So there's a future investment to be had still at this position, but we've we've made the investment at that position. We've done it over and over. We at least have Rousseau to show for it right now. And receiver, we're getting we're getting up against it. 
We need to be aggressive. If they came out of that draft acting like that and ended up with, you know, Malik Neighbors is too high for this. If they ended up going and getting their guy in the mid-first round, if it's Brian Thomas, whoever it ends up being, then I'm going to... F- I'm going to be pretty happy with that. Over, I think might need a little bit of a sales pitch. If they draft a receiver at 58 and say, this is the guy, I'll think, okay, optimistic, that can work. But now I'm going to start looking through second round receiver history and like try to figure out like how likely is it that this guy's going to be really good. I mean, I'm going to like the chances. This guy's really good at 28 or at, what, I mean, about, well, what about a 58? I, I'm going to like the chances. I mean, the second-round picks, when we look at those guys, is 58 the number? I should get the number like committed to memory here. It is 60. 60. 28th okay. or 60th, that makes sense, at 32. What are the chances the 60th pick in the draft is a great receiver? I mean, not as good as 28, not as good as 3, but the Bills do have the built-in advantage of plucking a guy into an offense that has an awesome quarterback mm-hmm. and, and a receiver to take away a lot of attention from him. Like, that's... That's ideal, is having that. 803-0550, our phone number, one 888 to join us. So, got the poll up. We'll talk to Matt Perino about it. We're going to get to know, of course, over the course of the next however many months, two months, defensive prospects that might be there at 28 that would be worth the defensive line pick or the safety pick, if anybody's there. Although I've heard plenty say that the safety class maybe is not the best in this year's draft. Mm. Also, clarification from Nick, it's not a pro-am. To di- or Wednesday's the pro-am round, then it becomes a regular tournament. Okay, gotcha. thank you. I'm just, just increasing I'm, my theory that Allen just showed up and they decided, guys, we got to call this a pro-am, <laughs> so he's allowed to just call the Tiger. Josh Allen's here. All right. Uh, Who qu- invited him? <laughs> All right, put him out there. 803-0550-1888-550-2550 to join us. Jeremy and Joe on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Josh's game is, is considering the, what he, you know, he does for a living and the, the pounding that he, he takes on his body, uh, the fact that he's been able to, to play this game, and you can see the enjoyment that he has, the addiction that he has for, for the game of golf. He asks unbelievable questions today about how he can get better that only... Athletes really can you know, ask those type of questions, and that's what's neat about being able to play with, with athletes, see how their, their, their brain works. We're very similar across the board, whether we're playing you know, football or golf or, or baseball. How we look at things are, are very you know, consistent. Tiger Woods on playing yesterday with Josh Allen. Genesis Invitational gets started today. Brian Koziel joins us on the Western Hotline. Brian, what's more amazing, playing with Tiger Woods or being able to Ask him questions about your game. That's another part of this here. Like, here's Tiger saying he he kind of appreciates the questions that Josh asked. If any one of us got the chance to play with Tiger Woods, I would never dream of being like, what do you what do you think of my backswing here? What do you think of my takeaway? How's my how's my lead? How's my trail arm on this? But uh, pretty cool, pretty cool to see the Bills quarterback out there and uh, you know the, the news that came through it. Oh, for sure. My goodness. I mean, how <laughs> you're you're playing with with one of the most accomplished athletes ever. And, you know, in terms of golf, the, maybe the player that's had the most impact on the game ever. 
And yeah, he because we know Allen is also obsessed with getting better at golf, as he said, uh, to be able to pick his brain, uh, I thought was pretty cool. I don't know how I would start if I was playing around with Tiger. Like, would I get right into my swing? Would I want to ask him about certain tournaments? Would I like? I don't even know what. How do? You, how does like the conversation start going when you're? Walking down the first and second hole and things like that. Aren't you? Uh, I feel like one of the easy things, like how you feeling, right? You're asking him. Yeah. He's because Tiger's going to try and play what one one tournament a month. Is that his new his new plan right now? Yeah, that's his new plan. I mean, he's the host. He's the normal host for this tournament, this Genesis Invitational. So this kind of was always the spot that we thought maybe that he would return. Um, and then next month in March, we're thinking the Players Championship, and then of course the Masters in April and. Uh, but initially, yes, that was what he said um, about a month or so ago, that he was looking to kind of do one tournament a month. And, of course, that means playing in the majors as well. Very cool. I would have the worst golf round of my life if I was with playing Tiger, Tiger Woods. I, I think. Would it be the best round of your life or the worst round of your I life? I mean, performance-wise. Who knows? I mean, the, the pressure you'd feel. I mean, the night before, I feel like I wouldn't sleep because if I knew, like, I'm playing with Tiger tomorrow. Like, i got to be on my game. I would, it would be like the night before the Super Bowl. I feel like for an average golfer, I think that I think it would be definitely a an intimidating thing to do for sure. I mean, you know, for all of us that have played at any sport at any level, there's obviously times when you felt nervous. But I feel like certain sports, uh, you know, maybe the bad shot or whatever. I don't know. You know, you're playing basketball against somebody great or what. I guess you could shoot an air ball. Or In golf, I feel like the difference between you're good and you're bad is about the biggest uh, spread that there is. I mean, look at Tom Brady right on that one hole at uh, Pebble Beach. Like, I feel like golf, the uh, a bad shot is still a bad shot. If I'm playing catch with football with Josh Allen, like me throwing the football, like I'm not going to throw it one foot straight down. Like, <laughs> or in golf, like you can duff it and look really bad really fast. Brian Koziel, one of our hosts of Tee to Green, of course, Saber Spring Post as well. All right, Brian, so this tournament, last year John Rahm won it. And it is an invitational. It's uh, you know, it's been an event that I think people have started to kind of gain. It's gained attention, but this year's player field, not quite last year's player field. Yeah, it's. I mean, you take Rom off the the leaderboard in any one of these tournaments, and I think overall, I mean that that's a huge blow. And and Rom is had some interesting weeks uh, since he's kind of appeared on the Live Tour. The first week he plays. He misses a putt on the final hole to get himself into a playoff, and he's so mad about it. But the the live reporter asked him about the team win, and he seemed pissed about the team. Uh, then the following about the team aspect of it that that's what he was asked about. Uh, then last week, he really, really made some comments saying that uh, you know he was really kind of upset that he wasn't going to be at the Waste Management Open in Phoenix because he said he loves that event and all these California courses he's missed like Torrey Pines and obviously this week at Riviera. He said, like, look, I'm, I'm going to be really missing that. I'm like, geez, he's been on the live tour uh, for one event, and he says he's getting emotional about it. So I don't know if, you know, John Rahm maybe ultimately feel like he made the right decision. I'm sure his bankroll uh, will argue with that. But uh, nevertheless, yes, there are some, some still some big names playing. Uh, Tiger is going to get to play with Justin Thomas and Gary Woodland today. Um, if you do want to watch that, it's 12.25 Eastern time, 9.25 in California. Uh, ESPN Plus has it at 10.30 in the morning, so even before Tiger tees off and then Golf Channel later today. But, uh, um, 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. On Tiger, you know, he's got his new clothing line and logo. And one of the things about the logo, he's got 15 stripes for his 15 majors. And one of the takeaways, Brian, is that to make a logo with that number, it's kind of a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek joke that, well, he knows he's not going to win another major because if he does, he'd have to change the logo. It's 15 stripes for 15 hmm. majors. But I, but I wonder about that, how, how he's talked about his own expectations now. Because, of course, like I'm sure the golf world would love to see him win anything again, whether it's a major or just a regular tournament. What are Tiger's expectations for himself right now? He, he, has, he has said in the last year or two or three that he won't play unless he thinks he can win. Is that still the mindset for him? You know, I thought yes, for sure. But yesterday he said something that maybe I think would maybe change that a little. He said something along the lines of paraphrasing here, like that I love golf and I, I want to play it as long as I possibly can. And I'm sure that perked the ears of those that run the Champions Tour, thinking, ooh, man, he could end up playing here. Like, we always thought maybe because of just his body and that physically he had such limitations that he might not find the Champions Tour attractive enough to maybe go ahead and play it. Uh, he didn't ultimately come out and say, I'm playing the Champions Tour yesterday, but kind of gave that look of, like, I'm going to try to, you know, I love this, I can't. I love playing, I'm going to play, play golf as long as I can. I don't know, maybe that gave the indication that he would be open to playing that when he's eligible, when he turns 50. Um, in terms of, you know, this week, what's realistic expectations? He knows this course just as well as anybody. This is where he made his professional debut uh, on the PGA Tour here. So the event itself, as you said, it's a little more limited of a field because it's an invitational. 70 players is the number that were invited, and 50 you're going to get to play the weekend. I think for Tiger, a realistic goal is to make the cut and you know be in that 50 of the 70 and get himself to playing what a full four-round tournament to shake off any more rust that he's got, get himself into more competitive golf, like he always says, so that when he comes back to play here in a few weeks from now in May or in um, in March, uh, that he's got some more rounds. And so I think that's a realistic goal for him. You know, in terms of the rest of the year, you know, I, I think at Augusta you can always say, well, if he gets off to a good start, he's got a chance to win there because he plays as well as anybody at that course when he's healthy. The other majors, oh, I, I feel like at this point, uh, you'd have to have a lot of things lined up for him to maybe com- you know, be in contention going into a Sunday on a major. Do you think part of what is keeping him active here, even if he thinks uh, <laughs> deep down maybe, Brian, that he doesn't have it in him to win a lot of these tournaments anymore, that like you hear him every time he talks now talk about the business end, of the PGA Tour, I wonder if he just kind of recognizes how important it is for him to be present on the PGA Tour if if it's going to remain, you know, sustainable over, you know, years and years. Yeah, I agree. I think he's really taken it to heart that the PGA Tour obviously has gone through some struggles here over the last two years with the emergence of Liv, and he has really been a strong voice. Now, he hasn't talked in terms of quantity a lot about it, but when he has spoken about it he has gone into quite good detail he's talked about his leadership aspect of it the conversations he has with players in terms of advice of how they can keep the pga tour going and you know i think for him uh as an ambassador of the game obviously we know he's it's the strongest brand in the world so i think he also feels like at this age that there is some of this value in giving back and that is even though maybe he can't have an impact swinging the golf club every single week uh, maybe like he did during the prime of his career, he still can have a major impact just by showing up and just by saying a few things here and there in support of the PGA Tour. And, you know, anytime he tees it up, I mean, he's going to have the attention for sure. I mean, even 
even there, you know, there are monster names playing this week. Scotty Scheffler, number one of the world, is playing. Rory McIlroy, you know, as big as anybody playing. But Tiger's playing, so he's going to be the story this week. So he still does have a major impact, even though maybe his chances of winning are still maybe not at that level. Brian Koziel joining us on the Western Hotline. Tita Green returns the 24th, so we're getting to it. Next Saturday, you guys are uh, back in action live. I know you guys have been recording the show and posting it, though, as we uh, get closer and closer to golf season. Yeah, we've been doing weekly podcasts on Mondays, so you can usually look for that on Monday nights uh, on our social media handles on T to Green. Um, but, yeah, our first live show on WGR is back next Saturday, uh, and we'll be starting our year at the Golf Dojo inside uh, one of the simulator places across western New York. So uh, we're looking forward to be back, yeah, every Saturday next week uh, through Labor Day weekend, uh, 7 a.m. on Saturday mornings. Very good, very good. I've got to, I'm playing in a scramble on Saturday. How about that? Scramble. Yeah. Simulator scramble. Simulator scramble. Nice. Yeah. Excited for it. That is the ultimate hit it out of your shoes, right? (laughs) I mean, in the sim, we all tend to do that a little more anyway. But, you know, now that you're in a scramble format and you're in a sim, like, just rip away. Yeah. And you don't actually lose the ball. You know, that's, that's a hidden benefit there. Like, oh, that's, 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 that's 200 yards into the woods. All right. I didn't lose it. It's going to come back digitally. Thanks, Brian. Okay, guys, enjoy your scramble. And enjoy tonight Sam Reinhart's return as well. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> Brian Koziel, who's got uh, Sabres postgame intermission as well as the Sabres welcome the Panthers. And again, Tita Green back on the 24th. When we return, and a little more throughout the morning, the Bills have announced ticket prices, or an increase in ticket price for the 2024 season uh, at the current stadium. Some more information on the new stadium, some numbers coming out. You can see a piece up at our website, WGR550.com about covered seating. You know, Some of the numbers are starting to kind of lock in and timelines as well for when you and I and anybody else out there might get a chance to go to the stadium experience where you will get a virtual reality look, not just the one that I'm complaining isn't on Twitter, but you know isn't sent out the Bills website. Not like a, dr- a drone fly through, but a real experience where you're going to go to the Bills Stadium Experience store and get an idea of what the new stadium experience will be like. So starting to get information on that. Some of that's at our website. We'll also tackle that with you here uh, on our airwaves throughout the morning. Jeremy and Joe, Matt Perino joins us for some Bills draft chatter coming up at 7 o'clock. It is WGR. Got a stat of the day for you. Fun one. Stat of the day. Brought to you by Seneca Gaming and Irving. Home of the biggest bingo payouts and slot machines with thousands won daily. Stat of the day comes from uh, this day in history also. On this okay. day in 1996, the Browns fired Bill Belichick. Nice. His career record with the Browns was 36 and 44. He was mm. fired 1996. And the stat as they it, moved to Baltimore, right? Mm, not right away. Didn't he get fired right at the end? They moved to 99. Oh, maybe you're right. Anyway. I thought there's a documentary on that where I thought Belichick got fired right before they went to Baltimore. But regardless. Well, yeah. His uh November 6, 1995 announced the team had signed a deal to move. They, so they were going to move in November. Yeah. So during that his last year, they knew. Because there's a game, the final game of that season, which I guess would be his final coach's Browns coach, 
this documentary I remember watching, maybe it was a 30 for 30 even, like the fans are crying as yeah. like the, the players are like leaving the field. So Belichick gets fired. His career record with the Browns was 36 and 44. That is a below 500 win percentage. Yep. And your stat of the day is that former Bills head coach Greg Williams had a higher win percentage as coach of the Browns than Bill Belichick. Nice. He was 5 and 3 as an interim coach. Oh, it was only eight games. It was, it was only eight games. <laughs> it's still Inter- take it. Interim coach of the Browns, Greg Williams, a better win percentage with the Browns than Bill Belichick. That is so good. Yep. I thought I saw yesterday someone was making the. You're seeing more Mahomes Brady for this, but someone was trying to make the the Andy Reid is a better coach all time than sure. Bill Belichick sure. case. And I'll try to find what the exact number was, but basically it was seasons below 500. And Belichick like has triple the amount that Reed does. It might be like six to two. Like it's not like it's you know yeah. eighteen to six. But uh, that Reed's had like two bad seasons in twenty years coaching, and Belichick's got. I mean, right there with the Browns. I mean, he's got four or five with the Browns, and then he's had a couple recently with New England. Well, we're in for a lifetime of that. It's not going to stop anytime soon. The no Reed and Belichick and the Brady Mahomes. I saw Dan Orlovsky say something about Mahomes, which I liked. And not enough people just say it the way that Orlovsky said, which is this. Who's the better quarterback? Not greater. Greater is exhausting. We're not going to do greater. Oh, uh, look at the greatness. Who's who's better? Orlovsky, Orlovsky said yesterday Mahomes is the best quarterback he's ever seen. Who's better? Mahomes. Who's better? I feel like it's almost easy if... If you ask that question, yeah, right? there's a there's a galaxy super draft where you can get every player in their prime. Who goes first in that draft, Mahomes or Brady? It's Mahomes, right? Yes. Like, well, because then I want to start breaking down like, like look at the plays Mahomes makes. Look at the athleticism. Look at the arm talent. Look at the arm strength. You know, like what Brady's great, but. Better, yeah, like Mahomes. Mahomes, man, Mahomes better. I, mean, I, I think I would agree with that. I think he's the best I've ever seen. Wasn't Manning better? Not greater, but better. There's plenty to indicate that Peyton Manning was a better quarterback. Maybe it might be close for me between those two. I don't know. Am I? Am I just? Do I? Do I overvalue the athletic part of it too much? Feel like I want when I think better, I want the guy to be like a really good athlete. Yeah, that's today's game. Yeah, eight oh three oh five fifty. We'll chat about the Bills' draft options and receivers, defensive line, all of it with Matt Perino. He's coming up next, co-host of the Shout Podcast and uh, writes for Syracuse dot com. Saw a video yesterday where Matt was laying out his prediction for what the Bills will do, and he said, "Here's what I think they'll do," and I hate it. So we'll get his breakdown, bold prediction, and talk about some of the options the Bills might have heading forward. 803-0550-1888-550-2550 as we uh, cruise through a Thursday. Happy Thursday. Jeremy and Joe here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.